Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the best of the Joe Show. I'm Dan Day, and over the next hour, going to be running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Very, very busy show today, so let's just dive straight into the headlines. The Dolphins have signed veteran offensive tackle Jamarcus Webb and placed rookie linebacker Andrew Van Ginkle on the IR in advance of their Week 1 game Sunday against Baltimore. Kickoff is at 1. The Canes open ACC play tomorrow against the Tar Heels. Pre-game from Chapel Hill starts at 4, kickoff at 8. Listen to it all here on 560 The Joe WQAM. Last night... The Marlins' Brian Moran became the first pitcher in 100 years to face his brother in his Major League Baseball debut. The Fish defeated the Pirates 10-7. Miami's back in action tonight at home against the Royals. Hard Rock Stadium will host a friendly between Brazil and Colombia tonight beginning at 8.30. In other soccer action, the U.S. men's team take on Mexico in New Jersey. Serena Williams and Canadian team Banaka and Drusku Battle Saturday at the U.S. Open Women's Final. Match starts at 4 p.m. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. An Australian cricket journalist working in England was recently, unbeknownst to him, charged over $68,000 for a single beer. How bad do you want a beer this weekend? Check out the story on my Twitter page at Dan Day Radio. Recently, Florida man broke into a home and started making breakfast. When discovered, the drunken burglar told residents, Go back to sleep. If he shares, though, should he really be charged with a crime? And a man known as Little Jesus recently used motorcycle stunts in an attempt to elude police in Texas. No miracles here, though. He was captured and has been arrested. Now on to weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast is mostly clear, temperatures around 90. Visit Hylia Park Casino every Saturday and win your share of $10,000 in giveaways. Drawings all day long and it's free to enter. Visit HyliaPark.com for more details. Busy sports weekend, one of the highlights, the Dolphins kicking off their series and their season with the Baltimore Ravens. Earlier today, Joe Rose kicked it with former Dolphin Jay Feely. They talked about being cut by the Dolphins, their thoughts on snappers. Also, why can't A.B. just play? Friend of the show, Jay Feely, uh, who is well known for not just his stuff on TV or being a kicker in the NFL, but for being the only guest we've ever had to walk out of the Dolphins facility, call us 30 seconds after he got cut years ago. That's why we love Jay Feely. Very honest with us, and we love him there. Was that, was that Jeff Ireland, that jack-off? Was that who that was, Jay? Was it somebody different? <laughs> <laughs> it was that. It was that crew. Yeah, it was that crew. That punk. <laughs> it was, hey guys, I think it really came from Parcells. <laughs> how you doing, Jay? How you been, man? I'm really good. How are you guys? We're uh, well. We're hanging in there. We're man. hanging in, Jay. I, Joe. Joe, I kind of expected they were going to sign you. They they signed so many guys at the beginning. No, of the but week. they're all young. <laughs> they're they're they all are. young. That that was the difference. Um, 
All right, so you've been around this league a long time. 31 new players. Uh, hell, there's been like 10 since right there at the 53-man cuts were being made. this week. Wow. Yeah. What would you think? It's unbelievable. Ever seen anything like it? Never. No, I mean, to, to turn over a quarter of your roster the first week of the season, you know, right after cuts is, is something that's never happened before. And to, to have 31 guys that, you know, the transition, normally you have about a third of the roster churned each year on, on most teams. Right. Um, you know, so you knew there were going to be changes. You knew that Brian Flores was going to come in and implement, you know, this New England mantra and find the guys that he wanted, but you didn't know it was going to be that dramatic. But I do think there's things that they had to do. You know, when you look at the deal, and you never want to get rid of a player like Tunsil, but when you look at what they got for him, you have to make that move. You know, you can't afford to not get two first-round picks and a second-round pick. You're building for the future, and that, that's the staple of doing that. You know, and I think it's, it's difficult as a player, but the reality is, and Joe, you know this better, better than anybody, it's your job to go in there and play, and your job to go in there and to not make excuses and to, and to play as hard as you can. At the end of the day, each guy is going to be judged individually. You know, you're there collectively as a, as a group and as a team, and you've got to be, be committed to that team, but you're going to be judged individually at the end of the season, and you have to take that approach. Oh, I agree. I don't think there's any revolt or anything like that. I think guys are going, damn, we got to play together. And individually, we need to be good because I want to stay in this league and, and keep playing. Okay. I'm uh, I'm totally with you. By the way, I want to ask you about a unique one. Probably for me, I wouldn't have made the move is John Denny because I know how important those snappers are to kickers and punters. What do you think about John Denny, who's been so good for so long? What do you think about that move? I was really surprised because, you know, he, he's a great leader. He's a, he's a guy who does everything you want. He's an incredibly hard worker. He still was snapping at, a, at, a, at an extremely high level. You know, there, there wasn't this big drop-off by any means. You know, and it's really hard on, a, on an operation, you know, between a kicker and, a, and the, the holder. If you get a new snapper, it can throw right. everything off. And when you've made so many changes and you know you're going to play close games, you're hoping to play close games. You want that, that operation to be as good as possible and your kicker to make every field goal he gets the chance to make. So that's tough on Jason Sanders for sure. Jay, in the offseason, you trade a two and a five for, uh, for Rosen, bring him over from Arizona. Uh, Fitzpatrick now on this team as well. They signed him before that trade. At this point, wouldn't you just put Rosen in there, even if he was a little bit behind where Fitzpatrick was, just to see what you got out of it and not wait? You know, Let him sink or swim, and if he sinks, you put Fitzpatrick in. It's kind of a waste of a season anyway when you're kind of tanking. At some point this season, you have to see what Josh Rosen has, and you have to go into the draft next year knowing whether or not you have that quarterback of the future on your roster right now. But if you look at the first four games of the season – and you look at how tough that is. You know, you sit there and you say, okay, we're going to play the Ravens. Then we're going to play the Patriots, Cowboys. And then we're going to play the Chargers. Now, those first four games are brutal. And then you have a bye week. There's a natural progression there. Hey, let's have our veteran in there. The guy who has learned the system better, who's started for eight teams, who knows how to go out there and play and knows how to play in situations like this because he's done it before. And let's have him carry us as much as he can probably those first four games at least, and then it'd be a natural break to then say, okay, if we need to make a change, that's the time where we have a bye week and we can make a change to Josh Rosen and see what he's got. You do have to see at some point what he has and know whether or not 
he's your guy. Jay, I will say one thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I know you've been around him, and he actually lives out where you do in Arizona. Yeah, that guy's one of the greatest. Le- I've never seen during this preseason the way guys, uh, the young guys, are always looking at him, like, and the and the older guys hang out with them. And I'm talking black guys, white guys. It's unbelievable for a guy who came in. It's like Chad Pennington, like way he comes in, and guys love being around that guy. Yeah, he's like a chameleon because he can go into every locker room, every team, and that's how everybody feels about him. Everybody loves him. You know, he he galvanizes a, a team, you know, and he goes in there. And, you know, I always feel like he plays above his skill set. You know, I mean, especially you look at last year and they start 2-0 and and he throws for over 400 yards each game. And, you know, you're, you're amazed at his age he can go in there right. and still keep doing that. And, and yet he does. And, you know, that's just a credit to him because it's not an easy – job to to be this gun for hire and to go into eight different teams and play quarterback and have the the um the moxie to go in there and the energy to to go into a locker room and have those guys believe in you like you got to invest and put yourself in there and to keep doing that again and again and again in new situations is tough and you know he's been able to do that and and that's really a credit to him jay are we getting closer to calling this antonio brown situation the craziest nfl story we've seen in a decade or so or jay more? can't top this there's no way you can top antonio brown i mean story. it's just no but i still think about to doing sit-ups on his driveway <laughs> <laughs> that was still, that was classic that was classic but this I mean, has got like four parts to it jay this thing it, is it like is. try this one and and it's so absurd because he's so good like just go out there and play He's a different dude. I've met him. Sometimes when you're, you know, you're nar- narcissistic and you think things, everything in the world revolves around you, you do dumb things, you know, and that's what he's doing. I've been saying I'm just going to let him play. I already made the deal. I'm going to let him play and tell him, Mike, we're going to put up with some crap the rest of the year. He's going to be late for meetings, but he's going to help us win games. So let's just go with it. Can you do that uh, or that's, no? That's what yeah, that's what the Steelers did, you know, and they got to the point where they said, okay, we can't deal with this anymore. And you can't undermine your locker room, but you're right. If he's going to – you nip it in the bud right now. You suspend him. You say, okay, you can't do this stuff anymore. How is he going to come back? How right, is he going to respond right, to that? Right. You know, is he going to be mad and angry and, you know, just throw fits all the time? And I don't know. It's so hard. And but, you just, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't ever understand why NFL players aren't appreciative of the opportunity they have and the money they make. Because get in the real world for a little bit, and they're going to wish they could be back and do things a whole lot different. Yeah, getting those game checks on Tuesdays you know, or whatever. Antonio Brown, right. 33 yeah. years old, he's done. Like, he, he's got all the money he needs. Right. He comes back, waits for the Hall of Fame call, and well, enjoys they can, himself. They could suspend him and try to get that $30 million guarantee back right now. That's what's so crazy. But, Jay, you, know? you and Joe both been in, in locker rooms, and, and, and I understand that, but if you have a guy in your team who basically threatened to knock out your GM, has been a problem child since he got there, frostbite in his feet, doesn't want to play because of the helmet, leaves practice when he wants, I mean, at a certain point, other guys in the locker room are going to say, well, I mean, I'm a pretty good player, too. I'm not an Antonio Brown superstar player, but if he can get away with all this, I can miss I a couple I, meetings, too. I don't know no. if a lot of guys think that way. Do I, I, I don't either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Joe. I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. I think every team I've been on ever, there was somebody who wanted to knock out the GM or the coach or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I mean, you always had players like that. And, and if he goes out and he catches – you know, 10 balls for 150 yards in the first yeah. week for the first yeah. time he plays, nobody's going to care. Like, That's they're right. like, all right, great. 
Just does, go out there and help us. Does this story have Bill Belichick at the end written all over this? So somehow Antonio Brown gets out of Oakland and New England picks him up? I, there's no chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just see a lot of people way. writing about that now going, I know, this has got Belichick written all over it. Yeah, all of a sudden but, he's a good soldier with Belichick. Right, I don't right. think so, man. I don't think he can change Hey, listen, guy. Randy Moss kind of did it. It's not as bad as this Antonio Brown situation, but Randy Moss went out to Oakland, then he went to te- all these places. We do forget that Randy it. Moss had a little dog in right, him before right. he got to, right. before he got to New he, England. And he did, and there was a number of other guys who've done it too up there in New England. By the way, how about Keyshawn Johnson on TV talking about this? <laughs> There's a guy that should really be talking about getting kicked off John Gruden's team, right? Right. right. Oh, man. Hey, uh, I want to ask you about Lo- Lamar Jackson real quickly before we forget. We're going to see, they're, they're talking about Lamar Jackson running the football a lot. I mean, he ran it, what, like 147 times, and, and most of those in like six or seven games. Can he hold up? I mean, there's no question he can run, run that read option, and, and they're going to be able to run the ball. But how long before the best tacklers in the world finally get him? It's fascinating. The two offenses that I can't wait to see this year are the Ravens offense with Lamar Jackson and the Cardinals offense, that air raid you know, out in Arizona with Kyler Murray, and see how they actually come to fruition. I mean, this is an offense. I think this Ravens team is going to be a lot better than people think. Uh, I think they're going to be able to – to run the ball really effectively, and Lamar Jackson is going to become better as a quarterback throwing the ball. But that is the big key. You know, and that'll be the key out in Arizona, too, with Kyler Murray's. Can they stay healthy? Can these guys continue to take hits? Because you're right, Joe. uh, John Harbaugh said, hey, we're going to have – we expect him to run the ball over 140 times this year. Well, Cam Newton has the NFL record for quarterback rushing attempts in a season at 139. Can he carry the ball – you know, that many times, you know, you're, you're talking Slender 10 carries build, a man, game a average, lot. right? Yeah, Bringing and, and taking hits, you know, taking hits when he doesn't have the ball, when he gives it off and you still take those hits. And, you know, you know defenses are going to be coming at you and trying to hit you. And he, he's really good, though. And, and I think this offense, you look, he, he gets in there and they go 6-1 and one as a starter. And he didn't even have first-team reps before he became the starting quarterback. You know, and they and they changed an entire offense when he became the starter. So it was all new. Now he's had an entire offseason to be able to go through this Greg Roman offense to understand his concepts, to understand yeah. what he wants to do. You know, they want to hit big chunk plays, and so I expect. And we haven't even had meetings yet, but this is just me watching film. I mean, I expect Miami to go man. You know, try to man up on those receivers and bring as many as they can up at the line. And I did the Chargers game last year when they beat the Ravens, and you know they they went and they brought seven DBs in the game at a time just to have a ton of speed and to run to the ball. Teams, it's hard for teams to do that because you don't have DBs that can play as linebackers. And so it'll be interesting to see how teams respond to this offense. But I think Lamar Jackson is going to be a breakout star this year. I think he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, he's going to be fun to watch. Great coaching by Baltimore. Jay, great having you on, man. Really appreciate finding time for us today. You've been a great friend of the show, and we really, really appreciate it, man. You know I love Miami. I got to go to Sardelli's to have dinner last night. Yeah, back here. (laughs) You can hear the Joe Rose Show weekday mornings from 6 to 10, followed by the Dan Lebitard Show. And up next, Dan Lebitard and the guys going to be diving into the whole A-B situation, not to mention explain how excited they were about last night's football game. Plus, I've got some sweet birthdays to get to here on the Best of the Joe Show. It's the best of the Joe Show. I'm Dan Day, wishing one of the greats, Pink Floyd's Roger Waters, 
a happy 76th birthday. Got another birthday to celebrate, although a little bit different from Roger Waters, a guy I grew up with in South Louisiana. He's 34 today. His name is Webby. Let's listen to some of his music. Like I said, get ready. Just a little bit different. That's Webby right there, 34th birthday, proud for South Louisiana. Speaking of independent thinkers, Dan Levitard, you can hear him weekdays from 10 to 1. Earlier today, he and the guys looked into last night's quote-unquote big football game. Stugatz, bewildering Dan again, the gambling gods, and AB versus Mike Mayock. Who's going to win that fight? I will play it again in his face as well. But if you were listening yesterday, uh, Stugatz has had an epically bad week in terms of getting facts wrong, judgment being wrong, even by his standards, which are admittedly the lowest in all of sports journalism. I put that on the poll as well, Chris. Are Stugatz's standards the lowest in all of sports journalism and sports journalism's history as well? So he's had a bad week, and then you saw yesterday's awful football game. It was 10-3, the one touchdown, I'm not even sure. They they didn't run the right route. Two guys were in the same place for the Packers, and one of them caught the football, and that's how they won the game. Football could do no wrong yesterday. That was not a lousy game. I had my fantasy team up. I was watching football. They could have played chess. I would have been fine with it. You would have been good with it. Oh, my God, I enjoyed every second of it. All right, put that on the poll as well. If the Packers and Bears had come out in uniform and merely played chess, would would you have wanted to watch that as well? Fair enough. Uh, but let's play that Stugat sound now that he has returned right back in what? his face. Here is uh, what Stugat said to you yesterday. Again, in a 10-3 to game, I don't need to help you with the math here, okay? There was one touchdown score. There were uh, 20 penalties, 17 punts. The Packers ba- uh, you know, dared the Bears to have Mitch Trubisky beat them. Mitch Trubisky threw 50-some-odd times. And think about this. There were 50 pass attempts, or I should say 50 pass plays called is what I should say because there were some sacks involved there. Mitch Trubisky dropped back to throw a pass on play calls more than 50 times in a 10-3 to game, and they ran the ball running plays 13 times. That's hard to do, man. (laughs) In a 10-3 to game where you assume there's some ball control there, those... Those numbers are hard to add up. No, they were trying to score. <laughs> Maybe. I have no proof of that. So here is Stugatz telling you yesterday something, uh, and Stugatz, for entertainment purposes only, you should know, Stugatz uh, gives very strong opinion. I am telling you, the gambling gods, they rarely give you one. Aaron Rodgers over one and a half touchdowns tonight is a gift from the gambling gods. So he threw one. Yeah, it looked good early. I mean... It's admittedly <laughs> under one and a half. Uh, just uh, listen to the conviction is in voice. Keep in mind, was that last season that uh, that Stu got started 0-18 against the spread? Was that last season or two seasons ago? I think that was ago? three years ago. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was 0-15, like to be it fair. Does. What was it? It what feels was... like he's never really, really recouped from that. <laughs> I haven't. You're still chasing? <laughs> yep. Hawaii? <laughs> Every Saturday. I am telling you, the gambling gods, they rarely give you one. Aaron Rodgers over one and a half touchdowns tonight is a gift. Gift!
from the gambling gods. You're welcome. So somebody help me understand uh, the Raiders saying they plan on suspending Antonio Brown. Is that because they're talking to lawyers and human resources? And if it is, what are they talking about? And can we get some NFL insiders to tell us, hey, are they going to cut him? Are they going to take X amount of dollars? Like when Mayock and Gruden have to come out and address the controversy but can't, look like fools standing in front of everybody because they're being told legally to not say anything i have to imagine to god right yeah i would imagine the same thing you find yourself in a position football (laughs) is back and i have to thank espn for just going into the sewage and enjoying the holy hell out of throwing sewage at each other so we've got this sound (laughs) of uh all the things happening around antonio brown and You can say this, and you don't get the chance to say this very often. The behavior we're presently witnessing has no precedent. He hasn't played for the team, and you've got frostbitten feet, and then you got the Ian Rappaport report, which is that he threatened to punch Mike Mayock in the face. Guillermo, I'd like you to put this on the poll, please, at Lebetard Show. If you threaten to punch your boss in the face and you still have a job, is he really your boss? (laughs) <laughs> I imagine this blow up that they had with each other, Mayock and Brown, being the first time they were around each other without the hard knocks cameras. He was like, finally, I can tell you how I really feel. He's rolling up it's, his sleeves because yeah. Mayock, Mayock's here. Mayock's not going to back down from a whole lot of physical fights. Put that on the poll as well, Guillermo. My Levitard show is Mayock backing down from many physical fights. I feel like Mayock would, would mop the floor with Antonio Brown. Okay, no? go sit outside for what? a minute. What? Oh, Mayock's got some old man strength, just man. Go, it's like Hayden Fry. I mean, that, that, that's true, though. That's true. Yeah. We that all can, agree. He, you can't send him if we all agree with him, right? Yeah. That can't we be all true. agree. May Mike Mayock beats Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, no, you don't think so? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Should I go? Should I stay? I'll go what? with you. What's I'm going stand. with you. I stand. Everyone who agrees with yeah, him, get I, out of here. I stand with Stu. That's fine. Go oh. sit outside. I can do the show without you as I long have. as I have my beloved Antonio Brown content. I can't leave. Sorry. But you don't really agree with him. You just kept saying old man strength, but then you uh, you were fairly uncertain of what was happening there. Like, I don't... You, Chris, now that Billy's gone, can you please put on the poll, uh, who would win a fight, Antonio Brown or Mike Mayock? Oh, Antonio Brown would definitely win that fight, but Mike Mayoff certainly does have the old man strength. I'm not disputing that, but Stugat said mop the floor, and that's when he can go sit outside. And no one saw all this coming. Like, get the hell out of here. There's no one who saw all this, which is unprecedented, happening before the first snap that he's taken, where we're having a conversation. Are they going to void his whole contract? Are they saying that perhaps, are they saying uh, uh, we plan to suspend him because they're trying to figure out if they could just get rid of him? That's what we're wondering. No one saw this coming, beginning with the frost-bitten feet. And uh, Billy and Chris were having a funny conversation yesterday where they were saying, how much would you pay right now to look at Ben Roethlisberger's texts? Oh, top dollar. Um, I mean, that's the phone you want, right? Is there anyone else? I if don't you could know. have one phone right now from anyone on the Steelers, it would be Ben Roethlisberger. I think right? it's got to be Ben, right? Yeah, because he torched him on the way out, and even more than Tomlin, and he's more likely to be an honest self uh, than he was, you know, sitting down with Sal Palantonio with his bloated quarterback face, where he just <laughs> he just puts that on, puts it on, and sits down and does all the quarterback 
speak that you have to do. Uh, I would love to see honest conversation from Ben Roethlisberger with his friends about Antonio Brown because we have this Ryan Clark sound from uh, it was a long time ago. And Ryan Clark is the one who can actually take a victory lap. He can take the victory lap on being closest to knowing that this would happen when no one knew that this would happen because he has been for a while. On television in a way that you don't normally hear from a former teammate and a former athlete. He's been on television saying Antonio Brown is a bad person. And so he predicted as closely as anyone has with more information. I felt like he was the authority on Antonio Brown. That's not a direct. All right. Well, let's hear it. Quick story. Antonio Brown is walking past the weight weight room and training camp. Uh-huh. And right now we hear that Mike Wallace has turned down his deal. He's going, uh, Antonio's going into his third year. You hear that Mike Wallace has turned down his deal. And I knew already that they were going to offer Antonio. And he's walking past and I turn to the strength coach and I say, when you give him money, you're going to create a monster. That day in practice, Antonio and I almost get into a fight because he's saying things to Coach LeBeau. He's screaming at Coach LeBeau, screaming at us defensively, don't touch me, I'm the franchise, this and that, because he already had that mindset, and now with success, with money, these things come. And you hear more about him, some things that we don't need to bring up now, but when it comes to just being a good teammate, when it comes to just being supportive, to understanding that you're trying to achieve one goal, that doesn't matter to him. What matters to him is 19 attempts, 14 catches, 185 yards, two touchdowns against the Saints. That's what's important to Antonio Brown. We have never had quite this distortion of the diva. This overt of what I care about is me, me, me. I don't respect you, Mike Mayock, and I'm going to show you and everyone on social media, and I'm going to show all my teammates and America at practice, and I'm going to dare you to exert your power over me. But he didn't respect the Steelers, that organization, right? One of the storied organizations in the NFL and all of sports, and that coach who has a ring and that quarterback who has two rings. He didn't respect those guys. Mike Mayock actually thought Antonio Brown was going to respect him? Well, let's listen to Keyshawn Johnson here because John Gruden's still out here being the good guy. He's being the good cop. He hired Mike Mayock to be the bad cop. And so here's Keyshawn Johnson, uh, one of the original divas, by the way, because I, I couldn't believe it. Yesterday, officially, was the first day when I could say I have lived long enough to hear people defend Terrell Owens because <laughs> I remember you, Terrell Owens came on with us every week during the football season after his whole controversy, after his whole time in Philadelphia, while he was in Philadelphia. He was with us every week and we would talk to him and there was all sorts of nonsense around him and people hated him. He was as controversial as anyone in American sports. And yesterday I saw Terrell Owens trending. A whole lot of people were saying all of a sudden, years and years later, <laughs> well, Terrell worked really hard and he played very well in the Super Bowl and he was me, 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 but he wasn't as me, me, me as this guy is. <laughs> and so listen to Keyshawn Johnson. Again, this is Keyshawn Johnson. He had a book titled Throw Me the Damn Ball. This is Keyshawn Johnson who embraced all the diva stuff. He's looking at this and he is laughing at what John Gruden is doing. I think you got a player that's not on the same page with the front office. And I think when you look at it, the general manager and Mike Mayock is kind of, to me, agitating the situation. I think John Gruden is using Mayock as a shield. He wants Antonio to be the guy, be the player, to help him win football games. But at the same time, Mayock's a general manager. General managers, what they do, Neil, so that you know, 
is they stand there with their arms folded. They got their hats and their glasses and they got their little paper. And that's pretty much all they do. They don't look to pick arguments with players. Everything that you've seen happen, would you still be, maybe not stunned, but surprised if the Raiders actually got rid of him? Would you still be, even seeing everything that you've seen, that it appears to be a human resources issue now? I'd be very surprised if they got rid of Antonio Brown. You knew what you were getting, and really what you wanted was what he does on Sundays. And the Sundays are here. Like, you're at the finish line, and now you're going to cut him because you couldn't change him? To speak, uh, to give some details, I don't think they can void his entire deal because he's on the active roster and as a veteran for week one he's guaranteed his base salary. wait a minute i don't think that's right i don't i think that in the coming days until sunday arrives this is why it was intergalactically stupid to do it right now he had freedom after this monday night game that they're playing but he's got to get to the monday night game and i believe and i've done no reporting on this but the way this was coming out yesterday and as i was watching mayock be very careful with his words and john gruden who's got total freedom Freedom. John Gruden has security for a decade to say anything publicly. It made me think that they might be trying to figure out if there's a way on the timing here to get out from under this contract. Right. It seems complicated for everybody involved, even them. But if they cut him without suspending him, then he's entitled to those guarantees. So they might actually save more money by suspending him, even though it might guarantee his entire base salary. You mentioned that Ryan Clark said Antonio Brown was not a good person. We found a direct clo- uh, quote, and it was pretty damn on the nose he's about stats he's about money and now he'll get his money in oakland if Derek carr can find a way to get the ball to him i believe he'll be successful and get his stats but that's all he cares about and he's showing his true colors of not being a good teammate and i whether this is controversial or not i really don't care and now finally showing y'all that he's just not a good human you don't hear that very often and what you also don't hear very often is plan to suspend. These people are pretty powerful. Mayock and Gruden have power over the organization. They can't say anything, and they're not coming out and saying, we are going to suspend him, and the terminology matters because plan to suspend is not something that you're used to hearing when a guy sets fire to the organization a few days before the season. Up next, interesting stuff from Dan Lebitard's former executive producer on the Best of the Joe show. It's the best of the Joe Show. I'm Dan Day. Would like to wish what would have been a happy birthday to Dolores O'Rourke, the singer of the Cranberries. She was born in 1971, unfortunately passed away in 2018. Such a great song. Someone else who knows good music is Mark Hockman. He works afternoons here now, but before that, he was the executive producer for the Dan Levitard Show and at one point was a DJ up in West Palm Beach. He teams up with Channing Crowder former Dolphin, and just a little while ago, they were talking with current Dolphin linebacker San Agavin about Popeye's Chicken Sandwiches, Canada, and Sexy Donuts. Technically, he's an NFL rookie, but he played three seasons in the CFL, so he's like a rookie with professional experience. And he came out and said, I'm not a rookie, so don't do that to Oh, he did? He said, I'm not a rookie? I'm no rookie. Would you treat him like a rookie if you were on the team? I gotta ask him, did they haze him a little bit because it is his first year in the league. Were you there when Cam Wake came to the team? Yes. Like his first season? Yeah. You were already there? Yeah, it was weird ass came in. I remember him. Did you haze him? Yeah, we hazed him. It was the first year in the league. 
And by the way, Dolphins fans, we've got this history. When somebody comes here from the CFL, they it's, ball out. it's Cam Wake. So there you go. <laughs> Sam McGuavin is with us uh, right now. Hello, Sam. Yeah, what's going on? So you are not a rookie? Are you Are you stating officially you are not a rookie? I don't feel like a rookie. In the, in the book, yeah, I'm a rookie. Technically, I am a rookie, but I don't feel like a rookie. They, they ain't have you do no Wendy's runs with the with the spicy nuggets or anything. You ain't had to do none of that, bro. I mean, I had uh, I had to uh, Walt Walt Akers made me run over the Popeyes a couple times against the little spicy chicken sandwich. But that's a whole nother story, man. I ain't never going to Popeyes again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all the only rookie 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 hazing thing I've done so far. Well, wait a second. The line for those chicken sandwiches was like an hour long. Yeah, it was about a 90-minute wait the first time. The second time I did it, it was about an hour long. And so, you yeah. you waited in the line? Like, you didn't just walk over? Like, I'd have brought my helmet and my jersey and just, oh, and like, man. you got to pull the Dolphins man. card. Them, them workers in there look so mad, they probably wouldn't even care if I played for the Dolphins. It was mass chaos in there. That's funny. How were the Popeye's chicken sandwiches? Because, those, I mean, everyone raves about them. I mean, they had a little, they had a little accent to them. I think they're way better than Chick Fil A, but I mean, it ain't nothing super crazy to wait an hour in line for at all. And so, you know, what? I think it's just so much more hype. What happened after the second time? You told Walt Akins, "All right, that's it, bro. Like, I'm done." Nah, the thing was, <laughs> so I went to go get the, the chicken sandwich for him, and then the line was like, the drive-through line was like backed up on the on the street. So, like, there was a police officer, and he was telling everybody, like, yo, y'all can't go through the drive-thru no more. Like, y'all got to go park in that parking lot over there and then come inside to make your order. So, I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. So, I'm going to the parking lot. Everybody's parking their cars over there. So, boom, I park, pull in, park my car, get out. And I'm inside the Popeye's for, like, an hour waiting. I get us two spicy chicken sandwiches. And I'm going back to my car, and I'm clicking, like, my lock button trying to hear my alarm and stuff. I don't hear it. And I go to the spot. My car's not there. My car just get towed. And then somebody was over there like, yeah, the tow, the tow company, they're just dragging cars up out of here. So, man, I FaceTime Walt. Yeah, so I FaceTime Walt. I'm like, yo, man, my car just got towed, man. Like, I don't know what to do. He's like, did you get the sandwiches? <laughs> man, so I must have looked at this dude crazy. I'm like, yeah, I got your sandwiches. I'm about to eat them. But, yeah, he helped me out, man. He, he paid to get my car out and stuff like that. Bought me a little Uber. But yeah, man, I was just and I was up at the I was up at the lot for like two and a half hours and I had curfew at ten thirty. So I'm just sitting there, my phone died, the person was making runs and stuff, so they they wasn't gonna be back until like an hour. So I'm sitting there just waiting to get my car out. So yeah, after that I, I can't even look at Popeyes no more. That is a crazy story. I can't story. even complain anymore. That's a crazy story. The funny thing was, like, I thought you were going to get like, you know, the entire defensive crew or, or like nah, you know, nah, like fifteen nah, nah, sandwiches nah. or something. You were literally just for Walt Akins. Just for Walt. And it was only two sandwiches. I'ma tell you, Sam, you bigger than Walt. He had to see me on the dolphin. Middle, <laughs> middle of the locker room, bro. You gotta see me about this one. Hey, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna get them back later. I'm gonna get them back. <laughs> Sam McGuavin is with us. Uh, Dolphins have the Ravens on Sunday. Your first NFL game, like we talked about, you've played in the CFL for three seasons, but your first NFL game, and you've got a tough situation because Lamar Jackson is a threat, right, to run. We, Crowder, tell them your story when they told you to spy Michael Vick when you were playing. Sam, they had me spying Michael Vick. Every time Michael Vick figured out I was the spy, he made an effort to run, and he would walk away from oh, me. 
he would see me looking at him. The, the DC, oh, the, the DC told me, Crowder, don't even look at him because it's going to entice him to run. <laughs> Just look away. Look at somebody else. Don't look at him. I was never a spy the rest of my career. So you you ready for Lamar Jackson on Sunday? Yeah, man, I'm ready for him. But uh, Mike Vick, that's that's a whole different situation right there. He. Mike Vick is different, man. I still play Madden in 2004 to this day. But, uh, yeah, Lamar, man, he watching him on film, man, it's, it's crazy the things that he can do. I mean, he's starting to throw the ball a little better, too. So, I got my work cut out for me, man. But it's going to be a good game, man. It's going to be my first NFL game, so I'm pumped up, ready to go. And, Sam, talk about two, you just talking about your first NFL game, which it is. But 2005, you came out of Texas Tech, went undrafted. And now in 2019, you're the starting linebacker for the Miami Dolphins. Where did your game develop? What, what happened in those three years where now you can start for an NFL team where nobody gave you a chance three years ago? Uh, I just learned the game better, man. Like, I know I was playing uh, football in Canada, but, I mean, it's still football. I learned a lot, like, just terminology and things like that, uh, route concepts from offenses, and I just matured, you know. I learned that uh, this game, like, you can't, can't ever take a snap for granted. You can't take a play for granted. Uh, just a day for granted, man. You know, I just came with that same vibe, that same mentality out here. And, you know, just work just work to be here. So, man, I'm just ready, man. I think, when did you realize it, though? Like, at what point throughout camp, you know, were you starting? Was it the first preseason game, the second preseason game? We talked about it before you came on. You led the, you know, led the team in tackles through the preseason. Like, when did it click to you? that I'm better than I was the first time I tried this, and I'm good enough to start for an NFL team. When did it click for you? I think it was probably like day four of training camp, just where I just was like – because all throughout OTAs, I was kind of just worried about just doing my job. And, then you know, I didn't really uh, talk much with my teammates and stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't really talk much with my teammates and stuff like that, and I was kind of like scared – not scared, but I, I didn't have the confidence to make calls and things like that. But then, like, day four in training camp, that's when I really just got comfortable. And then when we had a joint practice in Tampa Bay, the second practice we had, that's when I was really just like, man, I'm about to just cut it loose. You know, I got my teammates got my back and things like that. And, and I really felt like I could really dominate this game, you know. Just like I dominated the CFL, I feel like I could dominate the NFL. And that's not even me being cocky. That's just me being confident. I really feel like I can that, – that, there's a point in time where I feel like I could truly take over a game. Dolphins linebacker Sam McGuavin is with us. How uh, how difficult is it? You know, the Dolphins, they made a ton of changes in personnel just the last week or so. How difficult is it to get to know a whole bunch of new teammates just before regular season game one? It's tough. Shoot. I mean, the team, teammates that I'm still with now, like that I met my first day out here, you know, I'm still getting to know them. But, I, I mean, I don't really know how the NFL is. I Everything that I've been seeing, I think is normal because it's my first year. So I don't, I don't really know how it was before and things like that. But I mean, once you get into the film room and you know y'all start breaking down plays together and stuff, it, it the bond just grows naturally. So I mean, it really don't matter who who we bring in. You know, I just know that they go try and do their best. I mean, Flo and Greer, they're not gonna bring in the wrong the type of person to the team. Like they're gonna try and bring the best guys in the best guys that fit our scheme and things like that. So, you know, it's just, you just got to gel with them. And, Sam, we heard that this defense, multiple defense, they kept saying there were multiple, but it's a tough defense. Like, there's a lot of checks. There's a lot of adjustments. There's adjustments from pro to slot, slot to empty. Like, there's checks for everything. Is this the most intricate defense you've ever played in and had to learn? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Definitely, it's a lot of checks. 
I think my freshman year in um, college, we had a defensive coordinator named Chad, Chad Glasgow. I think he had uh, TCU now. Yeah, that defense was pretty, pretty, pretty difficult because just the terminology and everything he would say, like I've never heard it before. Everything was so different. Like the play calls were super long. But here, I mean, we got a good coaching staff, man. They they break everything down to us. You know, they they make a lot seem like a little. But I mean, from an an offense looking at our defense, it may seem like it's a lot, but to us, it's it's really not that much. So. I mean, you know, I just thank my coaching staff, you know, for bringing everything down to us. Sam McGuavin is with us. You went uh, you went to Texas Tech, uh, Crowder mentioned it. You practiced against Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. Yeah, my senior year, uh, Mahomes was a freshman. Was yeah. he was he doing his no looks and stuff uh, back as a freshman? That's the thing. I felt like he he was a starting quarterback in the NFL his freshman year. Wow. At first like after at, at first we thought he was just like crazy because he'll make like bad decision throws, but he'll be completing the passes. So we're like, yo, this guy is a loose cannon. Over time, we're just like, oh no, he really just liked that. Like he really does. It's like, and then he started just doing no look passes. Kingsbury was giving him a thumbs up on it. So we're just like, yo. And then, you know, he came in his first game, I think, was against late in the season. And he threw for like 500 passing yards or something like that, 600 <laughs> yards of offense. Yeah, so he he been the real deal, man. Mahomes, he he the truth. Anybody anybody looking towards playing? Like talking about Mahomes, any player that you've watched or just you respect? Where I want to see where I size up against this guy. You talking about like an offensive player? Yeah, just I know when I played, bro. Just uh, Marshawn Lynch, AP, Ladanian Tomlinson, Randy Moss. Like I would watch those guys on film, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'd be like, bro, I gotta see if I can tackle LT. I gotta see if Marshawn's as strong as he looks. Uh, yeah, there, there's two players in particular because. Le'Veon Bell was my favorite, like, he used to be my favorite college player. Like, Michigan State, I love Michigan State. Like, I always wanted to go to Michigan State. And uh, I just love watching Le'Veon Bell play. So, you know, playing against him two times a year, that's going to be huge. Uh, Not that I'm going to be scared of him, but it's just going to be like, dang, man, this used to be my favorite college football player. Tom Brady just, I want to see what greatness is, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see if I can take down greatness or pick off greatness for pick six or something like that. So probably like Le'Veon Bell and then Tom Brady, just being on the field with them at the same time, that's going to be pretty cool. Crowder here, he picked yeah. off Tom Brady, right? I mean, that's a uh, that's a pretty cool thing to go through life with as a linebacker yeah. to know that you picked off Tom Brady. That, that ball that ball, yeah. that ball, has a light behind it in the middle of my office. That's, that's, that's my <laughs> ball. That's my ball, Sam. I got to keep that one up top. <laughs> Yeah, that Man, one. Man, I feel you on that. That one you earned. Sam McGuavin, uh again, he is the Dolphins linebacker. They've got the Ravens on Sunday to open the season. The Dolphins are excited to kick off the 2019 season at Hard Rock Stadium. Fans can visit Ticketmaster, the official ticketing partner of the Dolphins and Hard Rock Stadium, or Dolphins.com to purchase single-game tickets. And uh, if you want to learn more about becoming a member of the Dolphins and guarantee the best ticket prices and location, you can call 1-888-FINSTICKS or visit Dolphins.com. Com. Sam, I got to ask you, man. No CFL salaries are less than a hundred grand. I know league minimum right now is in the four hundred plus, you know, thousands a year. How is your habits going to change when you're making a half a million dollars a year over fifty? How my habits going to change, man? That's <laughs> that's a question I can't even answer because I'm not one of them dudes who be like, oh, if I had a million dollars, I'm never, I'm going to be the same. I'll never change. I'm just, I'm just gonna warn people now. I might change. I might not. <laughs> I'm 
I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm going to do a little spending. That's, ex- you know? I mean, that's real honesty. Finally, oh, yeah. I hate when people say they're not yeah. going to change. Yeah, because you're not. I go from, you know, going to get a haircut for $25, and now I'm tipping my barber $40. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just little things like that you don't even catch yourself doing that you wouldn't do if you didn't have the money. But now that you got it, you might end up doing it, but. My, yeah, I ain't gonna say that I'm not gonna change. My first year, twelve months, and the twelve month win. I never told this story before, Sam, but you were so honest. I'll be honest. My first twelve months of making money, I spent one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars in strip clubs. I did the math. If, if it if it was a withdrawal from my account at about ten or eleven at night, I knew where that five hundred dollars was going. So I did the math yeah. over a twelve month period. It ended up being over one hundred twenty grand a year. And by the way, Sam, it got uh, more expensive as his career went in the NFL went up. The, the girls got yeah, to looking not, better. <laughs> That's all I was about to say, but hey, man, strippers, they got to make their paycheck too, man. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have, have you a budget, man. Just have you a budget. That's what Sam, I went wrong. Uh, Sam Aguavin. All right, let's get to know you real quickly because we're out of time here. Real quickly because uh, South Florida needs to get to know our, our new Miami Dolphins. How did you like Canada, by the way? Canada was cool, man. It was cool. If you, you know, uh, subtract out like, dang, I'm out here playing in the CFL. I'm playing football in Canada. But, you know, just the overall lifestyle, man, it was, it was great, man. I, I ain't even going to lie. Like, I wouldn't mind living in Canada for the rest of my life, like, after – the NFL and things like that, and I'm a child and all that. Canada was cool, man. It was a cool vibe. You know, it was a bunch of guys out there just like me. You know, we talking about our everyday struggles. Like, hey, man, how am I going to get to the NFL? Hey, man, we really in the CFL. So, I mean, it's just a cool bond, man. It, and it's still football at the end of the day. Did, uh, did you go to Tim Hortons a lot for coffee and donuts? Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the Starbucks out there. Everybody loves. They call it just Tim's. Tim Hortons. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't really do Tim Hortons and things like that. Like, I don't like the donuts over there. You know, I'm used to the, I'm used to the OG authentic Asian donut shops that just say donut. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> over there they got the. But yeah, I wasn't a big Tim Hortons fan. There you did, have uh, it. Did you Talking become a donut? Uh, hot? Whoa, couldn't get over it. There you go. That's about it. We're running out of time. This is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 